0: If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author Susan Friedman.
1: Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my special guest is a health literacy expert. Helen Osborne helps professionals communicate health information in ways that patients and the public can understand. Helen brings to this work her experience as an occupational therapist, training as an educator, and perspective as a patient and family caregiver. Helen is president of her own business, Health Literacy Consulting. She's founder of the worldwide initiative, Health Literacy Month. She's the producer and host of the podcast interview series, Health Literacy Out Loud. She's the author of several books including the award-winning, best-selling Health Literacy from A to Z, Practical Ways to Communicate Your Message. Helen is a sought-after speaker and workshop leader, training professionals worldwide about what health literacy is and why it matters and ways to help. She's a dear friend and colleague who I've known for many years, Helen, what a pleasure it is to welcome you to the show, and thank you for being this week's guest expert and mentor.
0: Well, thank you, Susan. You're right. You and I, our paths have been intertwined personally, professionally, all kinds of ways for many years, so I am delighted to be looking at the part about publishing a book.
1: Helen, as you know, the reason I invited you to be a guest on this program is because of your experience from being a traditionally published author to becoming a self-published author with the exact same book. And it's interesting, I think, for our listeners to hear your story because it's really quite unique. So take it away. Tell us what you can about this experience. I never expected
0: that this would be a, an experience that I had, Susan. In 2003, I signed a contract with a small family owned textbook publishing company. And I had already written a couple of other books, but anyway, this was a new company for me to be working with. And they contracted with me to write the title had since changed, but to write health literacy from A to Z, practical ways to communicate your health message. So that was 2003, 15 years ago. I learned a tremendous amount from that process. And edition one came out a couple years later and it was very much of a success. A success in my mind, it won some esteemed awards, of which I'm very, very proud. And I thought it did pretty well in sales. I was getting regular royalty checks every six months. A few years later, I know the content pretty well and I'm thinking, hmm, some of it's getting a little old and tired. I contacted them about a second edition and sure enough, they built on that first contract and I have a contract now to do a second edition of the same book. That came out in 2011 and indeed, one thing that surprised me and Susan, I don't know if you've ever done a podcast on this, but going from a first edition to a second edition, I thought ahead of time, like, what's the big deal? Buff it up a little bit. It turned out to be at least as much work as writing an entirely new book. It took me nine months of very, very focused time, but it paid off. It paid off in my own mind. The second edition is truly the book I wanted to write. I am extraordinarily proud of it, and it won even more awards, like highest awards from esteemed organizations. And I thought it was doing pretty well, too. So that coasted for a while, still getting those royalty checks. I know it's widely used as a textbook, and clinicians use it, too, and practitioners use it. So now I'm thinking, hmm, this one's getting a little tired. And if I have to write a third edition, I want to know that now because I know it's a ton of work. So I contacted the publisher. And the publisher since had a lot of change in people working with. And the person I now need to speak with, I've never met this person. I had nice relationships with others before, but they're all gone. I guess the publishing industry, especially textbooks, is very much in flux.
1: Very much so.
0: It's completely changed and tremendous turnover. I eventually spoke to the right person and we started chatting about it and she looked at it and... She said, I'll get back to you about extending your contract for a third edition. Ultimately, what she told me is no. And I really, I was startled by that. Like, really? This is the only book on the field. It is still selling well. It's on those Amazon top hundred lists in lots of different categories. People tell me they like it, they use it, textbooks and all that. And what she ultimately told me is that this decision had nothing to do with me or the quality of the book. Now that that small family-owned textbook company is now an international conglomerate and their only determinant of whether to sign a contract for a new edition is dollars. and Mine did not meet that bar, a very, very high bar in my mind of annual sales. There are lots of reasons for it. One, mine has a mixed audience, both practicing clinicians as well as textbooks. It's not written as a straightforward textbook. And I also initially wanted it priced in the affordable range, not at that ridiculous textbook range, and a few other reasons. But for whatever reason, it wasn't going to happen with that company. That really caught me by surprise. I was stunned, and I didn't know what to do. She was very kind and... She heard my passion about my book, so what she recommended were a couple of different options that I terminate the contract with this publishing company, which then converts the copyright back to me, and they would give me the files of my book in Word. She recommended either that I take that and then approach smaller publishing companies that have a different bar in order to publish materials or publish it on my own. For various reasons, I decided to maybe I'll just do this on my own. I'm tired of working with publishing companies when decisions are out of my control. So I went to Mr. Google, like we do for so many things, and I looked up self-publishing options. And there looked like there were some packages that looked like, oh, that's not too bad. They'll kind of do it all for me. I just click this button. But one of my friends kindly said... Why don't you just see if there are any reviews of those companies or comments about them? And sure enough, when I did that, a whole lot of people were blasting these different options. They spent money, they didn't get what they wanted, it just seemed like a mess. So then, what am I going to do? I all of a sudden light bulbs go off. <laughs> Susan, my dear <laughs> friend, Susan. I knew you had something to do about books. I wasn't sure what. I mean, you and I are connected in many other ways, but not necessarily about books. So I called you like, what am I going to do? And we just kind of had one of those friend kind of conversations. And talking with you who knows a lot about this, it became clearer. We started talking through my options. Then we decided to formally work together and That was extraordinarily helpful. So thank you, Susan. I'm thanking you publicly for that. You helped me think through the options and what was included and what I could do, what I couldn't do with this quirky situation. And I followed some of those. We problem solved a lot because it wasn't an easy figuring, I don't think. And then you introduced me to especially one person, the book designer, who was tremendously helpful. So that's how I got started. That's a very long-winded answer to your question about how I got started. I do want to tell you the why I got started and why I even bothered. Because a third alternative could have been just go, oh, forget this. The book's led its life. I've got other things to do. But I really wanted this book to live on. I truly believe in it. I'm still getting contacts constantly about how helpful it is. And I figured if I could at least keep it out there until I decide what to do next. So it was a holding pattern. I didn't want it to just fade away. I worked too hard for that. That's chapter one of my saga.
1: Well, it's a brilliant book. And as you said, it's a textbook and it has a real standing and place with regard to health literacy. It's very important publication. So you're absolutely right. And you don't want it to go away and it's your baby. I mean, you've spent so much time and energy and it's lived a long life already, especially for a book. So first of all, congratulations Thank on you. that. I know that as you talked about me introducing you to a designer, let's talk about that process because Mm -hmm. I know that when it came to the cover of the book, since you weren't going to do anything (laughs) with the inside of the book, Mm -hmm. the cover was important. And there's a story behind that. So share that with us, Helen. Okay. Well, actually, Susan, the inside and
0: the outside were both important. And I have stories about both. So I will get to the cover, but that's on the outside. Let me tell you about the inside. The publisher agreed to give me their files in Word for my book. But Word is not the format I wanted for the inside. It was originally done in InDesign, which makes pages just look right. And I wanted it to look very professional. It is a professional book. Another friend who you happen to know at dinner one night, because I was thinking, oh, how am I going to get it from Word to InDesign so that the designer you introduced me to could do something about it? And this friend just said, why don't you just ask the publisher? They're just going to throw it out anyway. So I did. And I was stunned and delighted. They actually gave me the InDesign files for free at no cost. I offered to pay a low cost. They just gave them to me. It's like, cool. So I used your designer. She worked with InDesign that not only has the page layouts, but also had an index. So that was all done. She tweaked it. She made it look better, but she had a good foundation to work with. So that's the inside. As far as the outside, yes, I needed a new cover, I needed a new look, and it needed no mention of that old publisher. The inside page designer likes to do covers, and she was happy to do it, but I've been working with the same graphic designer for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. I always liked his work. He's done my websites, he's done graphics I use in PowerPoint, and a lot of other images that I use, so I wanted a consistent look. So I asked him to do it and he sent me any charges per hour and he sent me a mock-up and I thought it was pretty good. I'm used to his work. And then I did what I always do with projects, especially big, important projects. I sent it out for some opinions and I assumed everyone was go, hey, that's great. And I was just ready to go, yeah, that's great. Should I do it in this color or that color? Just a minor tweak. I was really stunned and surprised and somewhat and taken aback when a significant number of people I sent it out to going, I don't like it. And they strongly didn't like it. It wasn't just a slight preference. It was, they kind of blasted it and like, yikes, what do I do now? And you were one of the reviewers too. And I'm paying this artist by the hour and I've had a nice relationship with him. But I didn't want to keep paying him by the hour to do tweaks to get this up to meeting the feedback that I was getting. And I could have ignored the feedback, but I asked for it and I believe in feedback. I need to at least consider it. What I decided to do was ask the designer who I worked on the inside. I just emailed her, we're already working together. And I said, You had wanted to do the cover. Could you quickly sketch something? I have no idea you know, what you're thinking of. And she sketched something. I heard from her almost right away and I instantly loved it. And then I sent that out and I had got some more opinions and hers is the one I went with. I ended up paying the original designer per hour. And so that was a significant expense actually. And I might have destroyed the relationship somewhat, but it was going nowhere. The new designer did the cover. One person commented on it that the new design looks like the cover of a book. The drafted design from the graphics person I used to work with, it looks like the cover of a report.
1: Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. And I think there's something else as part of the story that I seem to remember is that you had fallen in love with not only the cover, but maybe anything that this particular designer did. Mm -hmm. And I know that you and I talked about the idea of sending it out to people who your target market, Mm -hmm. because we look at it very differently from our target market. Mm -hmm. And since we're not our own target market, it was very important for them to give their opinion, to voice their opinion, which is exactly what they did, even though, as you said, you didn't like what they said. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it was what was important because it's what they think and not what we think. Well,
0: but I'm not going just with group vote. This is my project. Just because the majority doesn't like it doesn't mean that's the direction I'm going in. It means it's something I need to consider. And you use the term, and probably, Susan, for all the work you and I have done in many spheres, it's easy to kind of fall in love with something we were really committed to. And I went through that whole editing process. I love editors. It can be rough to get feedback on your words that you just think are terrific, too, But I think all projects are better for that. And that's a strong recommendation for your listeners. Just because you're smart, just because you believe in a topic, you're the expert and you want to share the word, isn't enough. Make sure that you figure out and find out, is this of value to those you want to give this message to?
1: Yes, and I think that's very, very important. But you also bring up another point, and that is, you've got to love your cover as well. Mm. It's not that it's only what the target audience thinks, Mm. but you have to because, and I always tell my authors that it's going to help sales. And I remember way back that listening to one of our speaker colleagues who said that they didn't like the cover of their book and it was a traditionally published book, And she felt that it really affected sales because she wasn't proud of it in the same way as if she had loved the cover. Can I disagree
0: with you, Susan, a little bit? Absolutely. Um, I don't love the cover. I would not put that much passion in it. There are other things I care about a whole lot more. I think that it fairly represents my book. It includes a motif that I've used in all your work, but I'm not that passionate about it. And also, no one's buying my book in a bookstore anymore, so all they are seeing is that little tiny image that's on Amazon or iBooks. So it has to be visible from there, but it's great that people are wildly enthusiastic about their covers. I like mine.
1: Good. And that's important, too, is that you like it because it does represent who you are and the work that you've produced. Now, I know another story that you have is how you've actually managed to work with Amazon and getting your book up there and mm-hmm. the quirks that you've had to deal with. <laughs> so what can you share that you think would be helpful to our listeners?
0: If you're going to Amazon Create Space, as I did, and if you know absolutely zero about that process as i did read all their pages and then when you feel like you've gotten as only as far as you can get on your own click on help <laughs> and i ended up having some in-depth conversations with the folks who do this all the time at create space and they talked to me through it it was tremendously valuable. I remember at one point, Susan, you said to me, well, who did you work with at CreateSpace? I have no idea who I worked with at CreateSpace. And I called another time and I got somebody else. Each was more helpful than the next. They were great talking me through it. Some of their procedures changed along the way. For example, they used to have a service that, for a small fee, would convert your book to Kindle version. As I am talking with them, they are saying, You better hurry because we're stopping that service at the end of the month, which is about a week away. And as they're ready to give me the contact, they said, Whoops, it just went away. So there are some changes there. I also want to, Command iBooks did the same thing. I tried to get my book there, I wanted it on another platform. This is for the ebook version, both Kindle and ebook are the, you know, the electronic versions, digital versions. My book is also available through Create Space in the paper version. That's where most of my sales are, the paper version. But people were very, very helpful. But you have to dig deep to find those links there. One quirk that's come up for me, I don't know how common this would be, my book that is newly reissued in 2018 is the same book that was published by the other company in 2011. That's a quirk, but I cannot call it a third edition. There are many reasons and many constraints I have. I've had to come up with my own wording and I'm settling into updated 2018, but it's still the second edition. It's still the same book essentially but there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of links in there that have all been updated so I'm proud of it as a new look probably 4 or 500 updated links within the book you know I'm proud of it that's the one I want people to buy it's the one now through aviva publishing But I spoke to Amazon because my other book is still out through through the publishing company. It has a whole bunch of reviews on it. It has stars. I've been in the top 100 of all these lists. I don't want that to go away. So a quirk that I don't know how to get around, and maybe it's changed. I could contact CreateSpace again or Amazon again is that if you just enter my book title into Amazon, you just put in health literacy from A to Z and the second edition, you will probably, what will pop up is the one from the major publishing company in green and orange. That's not the one I want to sell these days. What you have to do is Go down a little ways in the text and there's a link that says newer version available. And that's the one that I want to sell. Amazon told me that they need to keep the other one up. They could erase all that and I could start fresh, but then I'm not going to have all those reviews and all that other good stuff. That has to stay there until I get enough reviews and sales on this updated version. And I think that's a high bar to meet. So I have to go through this whole rigmarole and tell people, go to this one, or they get my email, they'll see a picture of the book, and I'll say, go to the one that looks like this, not the other one. That's just a quirk. I don't know how to get around it. But I am getting sales, so people are getting around it
1: somehow. That's fabulous. I mean, the most important thing is that you are getting sales, and Mm -hmm. that's what it's all about at the end of the day. If you were to do it all over again, Helen, what would you do differently?
0: Hmm. About the original
1: piece or the self-publishing piece? The self-publishing piece.
0: Hmm. You know, Susan, I'm not sure I would do anything differently. I did this in an extraordinarily compressed time frame. I signed my termination contract with the publisher late November in 2017. I wanted the new version out no later than the end of January 2018 because it is used as a textbook and schools were starting to order their course material for the spring season. It was stressful. It was a tremendous amount of work. I really don't think I'm overstating that one, but I'm so proud that I did it. What did I do differently? I can't think of anything. Even that money I spent on the other cover... I would have felt frustrated if I didn't work with that artist and I just didn't even try because he has meaning to me and his artwork has meaning to me. I think moving forward, I would know what I'd want to do. If I could answer a slightly different question rather than what I would do differently, is I can tell you what I'm very proud of and what surprises me the most is how happy I am to have this Aviva version of my book, I feel in control of it. If I want a third edition, I decide. I decide when and if. And another real joy of this is I can now order my books from CreateSpace at cost plus shipping, which means I order like 10 books at a time. It's not costing me a lot of dollars. And I can give it out to clients like when I'm on a speaking engagement. I was just at a conference last week. I gave out two copies of my books, signed them. People are as enthusiastic as could be. When I was working with a major publisher, I had to buy my own book. And Amazon rates were about the same as the author discount. So it would cost me 30 or 40 bucks a book. I was not very generous in giving out copies. I feel in control. I feel that I can move it forward. And honestly, I'm very proud that I passed this hurdle. I was not enthusiastic about it. It was something I either had to do or just give up on my book. And I'm proud. So Mm -hmm. I encourage your listeners, there's a way out of it, even if you can't see the way. And I don't know if this is the way the world is going. You go from a major publisher to self published, but it wouldn't surprise me if others might sometime be in that situation. And my words of encouragement. You go for it.
1: <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. You need to be very proud of what you achieved, especially in the time frame that you did it in. And I remember you said to me, you know, can we get it done by this date? And mm-hmm. I'm like, I think we can do it. But <laughs> uh, as I say, it was very stressful. Helen, if our listeners would like to find out more about how they can contact you to learn more about your services, where would you send them? Well, I've got several websites. No surprise, is it? So my
0: primary site for to learn more about my work in health literacy and my background is www.healthliteracy.com or .org. You mentioned in the beginning, Susan, I am a podcaster too. I have been podcasting for over nine years, I think. I'm very, very proud of those. Mine are monthly, unlike yours that I think are weekly but you can go to healthliteracyoutloud.com or .org. I probably have the domain for health literacy from A to Z, but honestly, I don't do anything with it. I just didn't want anybody else to have it. I have newsletters and ways to subscribe, and most things are available for free. The resources, the podcasts, and the transcripts, and all my work has links to my book, the right version of my book, the updated 2018 issue that I'm very, very proud
1: of, published by Aviva Press. Thank you. That's wonderful. And if you were to leave our listeners with a golden nugget, you've given us so many, Mm -hmm. but just that one last little nugget, what would that be, Helen?
0: Do it. If you feel strongly about it, find a way and do it
1: fabulous. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. And thank you all for taking time out of your precious day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparks some ideas you can use to sell more books. Here's wishing you much book marketing success. The
0: time is now to take action and finally build your book selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit BookMarketingMentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded, so visit BookMarketingMentors.com and we'll see you again next week.